0: All right, welcome to the Rogue O-Tours podcast. Uh, I am Chad Durham. I am Jacob Hampton. And uh, we are uh, wanting to rank the movies of Jared Hess today, uh, Masterminds, his new movie just came out uh, this Thursday night or Friday, depending on how you look at it. We thought that'd be a great time to kind of revisit um, the career of Jared Hess, which has been a very interesting career just since he burst onto the scene out of really nowhere with Napoleon Dynamite uh, many years ago. Uh, We thought it would be uh, kind of cool to uh, see where we personally think all these movies fall, especially since the last couple, uh, especially just prior to Masterminds, have been very kind of on the down low like they were not uh necessarily that well seen not necessarily that well publicized so we thought it might be interesting to uh see where we think they all fall and so uh but before we get into that uh we always like to mention a few things that we've recently seen so as as always Jake has seen many more things than me and I'm going to I'm going to give him the spotlight for for a few minutes
1: okay yes i've seen 3 non-masterminds movies (laughs) since we last podcasted um that i'll just talk about briefly i saw um i finally saw hell or high water
0: oh and loved it oh you did love it
1: i did yeah good i just i i thought it was like that was a surprise i (laughs)
0: didn't even know twist um
1: i thought it was um its simplicity was like so good like i loved that it was just um chris pine and ben foster Robbing Banks yeah. and Jeff Bridges and I can't remember the other guy. Gil actors, Birmingham, right? I think. Gil I think Birmingham. Gil Birmingham. Chasing them like like for most of the movie that's all there was to it and it was really exciting and like felt really fast paced for such a simple plot. Yeah. Um and it got me really excited just about like best of lists yeah like, cuz like, it's getting
0: close. Yeah. And that's been one that's been showing up on people's Oh yeah. It's one of the best of the year type of things. Entertainment Weekly still has it as I think one of their one of their best, at least of the last little bit.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm boarding class, I'm like already making like yeah. <laughs> mock up <laughs> top ten lists because this year's been great. So anyway, that got me really excited just for like Oscar season.
0: Quick, quick question, and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just curious because you can you can find my review on the site, but uh, Jeff Bridges, always good. I'm a fan. I think he's great. Um, did you find? I mean, did it feel very... Have you seen True Grit? Yeah, I love True Grit. Did it feel very Rooster Cogburn to you? Or oh, did yeah. you feel... Like, yeah, 100%. Me too. yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I was just curious. Because uh, I thought it was good still. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to act like I'm I'm bad-mouthing uh, Jeff Bridges because he's great. And I think there's enough shading there. But yeah, it felt very Rooster Cogburn-y, for lack of a better way to say it. Okay, yeah. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and then an Oscar attempt that I wasn't too high on that I saw was Sully.
0: Oh, yeah. I want to hear about that. No, but oh, I want to okay. hear your take in a short version, of course. But. Yeah, I
1: just think it shouldn't be that type of movie. Like, maybe a documentary or maybe Clint Eastwood just didn't... I don't know. It's just the way he... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, formatted the story or, like, um structured the story. Okay. It's just... I don't know. So, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. just the structure of the movie. Like, you... He crashes
0: this plane. Well, besides that... Okay, he didn't crash it, but...
1: No, but it just, like, basically, I mean... So, the three acts are basically um, solely just, like, um, in the aftermath of things, like, Uh preparing for um, this big, like, Like conference or whatever trial thing. Yeah. I don't know what they call it, because it's not... He didn't commit a crime. Anyway. Sure, sure. Um... And then the second act is, like, a big flashback to the actual events, and then the third act is the actual um, thing that they have, where Mm -hmm. he, like, defends himself. Okay, yeah. But I don't know. It just doesn't work very well. It just feels weird. Um, The movie's only... It's, like, 96 minutes. Yeah, I heard it was
0: fleet as far as its running time.
1: And I just feel like if your movie's that short, then you need... To have like a focus, and well, any movie should have a focus. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just feel like with that short of a time, it shouldn't feel as meandering as it felt.
0: And right, um, if I, it's gonna be an hour and a half, it should be tight. Everything mm-hmm. should feel like it belongs, and it and it needs to be there.
1: Yeah, and I hated the ending like so bad. It just stops. It ends with a joke, and it's just like it doesn't. There's no kind of like punctuation about like a theme. It was just like, oh, we. Just wanted to show what this guy did and why he's great, and then how he explained his actions later on. But there was no, it was like it wanted to be like the social network or something, but without any kind of real emotion. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: And I've, I mean, it'd be interesting to do something with Clint Eastwood one time on the podcast because I'm, he is, I don't know, he's hard for me. I like him a lot. I love Unforgiven. I think Million Dollar Baby is good. Um, I think a lot of times his economy as a, As a director uh, is laudable, but then other times it's, and he's known for not tinkering with scripts, like just kind of taking them and saying like, let's do it. And I think sometimes it underserves the material because he, Mm -hmm. and he's known for being very, well, I I said economy, yeah, economical as far as like, yeah, we've got enough takes, like, let's keep going. and. I, apparently, sometimes it works for him, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, and I'll, I've, I've loved a lot of his movies, yeah. and then thought others were like pretty bad misfires. Right. He's interesting,
1: and I, it actually—it sounds like I'm trashing it. I would actually give it like probably like a B minus, but it—I just was really excited for it. The trailer sure. was really appealing well, to
0: me. And Tom Hanks. And, yeah, and Tom yeah. Hanks
1: is really good in it. And the and actually the sequence depicting the the actual events is is really exciting and interesting, um, but. But yeah, and then but in that third act, they like replay a bunch of that footage too. It just feels what you shouldn't be doing in a ninety-minute movie. You know? Right, just, right, right. It didn't feel fully formed. Interesting. Um, and then I also saw Storks, the recent animated movie from Warner Brothers Studios. Um, it was very very funny. It's I've never really seen a animated movie that's quite. Um, that's, like, scripted and acted quite like this. It's just very fast. Um, it felt very, like, with the times, kind of. Like, not like not like they were making, like, technology jokes or anything, but just, right. like, it was just the way people talk now. Like, very fast with, like, really quick side jokes and stuff. Um, it just felt very aimed at uh, kind of like a millennial crowd almost, even though it's also for kids. Right. Um, so, yeah, but, like, so it was really quick, but... And while that was really funny and kind of refreshing, because I haven't seen something that fast in an animated movie before, it was also, it just like felt like something was missing kind of. like. Interesting. And I, I even, I think I told you, I even teared up like at the end, but it was more like I was tearing up about like life right. <laughs> rather than like, it's not like the characters were, um, I don't know, like fully fleshed out enough that I was crying about them or anything like that. Sure. Because everything just moved so fast. But like, that's my only complaint, because it, sure. it was very funny. Like right. I, I laughed loudly throughout most of
0: it. So it kind of depends on what you were going for. Like, if someone goes to Storks, like, no, I want this to be a great movie. Like, well, don't go to Storks, probably. Yeah. But it's funny. It's very funny. Yeah, oh,
1: that's good. Just not, it doesn't have, you know, that Pixarian yeah. quality of... Yeah, Pixarian. Um, <laughs> I like that. Of, <laughs> um, you know, like existential emotions and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You
0: know we're yeah. big fans of Pixar if you've listened to our stuff, so we're going to reference it. When animated movies come up, we're going to reference it. So yeah. Nice. I know I really want to see Storks with, with my kids now with Jake's recommendation. Um, and I, man, I... One, I've been busy, but two, I've been watching some TV. And we, we only touch on TV every once in a while. You know, we're, we're a movie podcast, but... A brief, quick shout-out to Jessica Jones on Netflix, um, which is one of the Marvel. I don't know if you've watched any of the Marvel, the Greener stuff on on Netflix. They have Daredevil. They have Jessica Jones. And just yesterday, they premiered Luke Cage, um, which, shout-out to my sister. She's already watched nine episodes, maybe more by the time this podcast is is finished. Shout-out, Krista. But um, Jessica Jones, which was also recommended to me by my sister, is uh, really good. Kristen Ritter is... And I've been a fan of her. She was in Veronica Mars. Uh, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Um, and I really like her. I think she's very unaffected as an actress. Like, she doesn't feel... She always feels very real to me. Um, and it really serves the character of Jessica Jones well. And it's... I love that it's a female-centric Marvel property. Yeah. Um, it's very, very gritty and mature. And, it, I mean, it touches on ideas of, like, consent it touches on the idea of feminism um and but all in ways that don't at all feel heavy-handed um and and i mean, you know what i'll be honest we're not as far through as i wish we were um but we've watched maybe almost the first half and uh i would recommend it very highly especially if you if you're the marvel movies are fun you know we you you've heard us we we like them a lot we really like civil war um but it's it's another level of marvel movie it's almost like the the independent Um, you know, I keep using the word gritty and I I need to think of another word, (laughs) like the independent version of a Marvel property, which is kind of interesting, um, with, with a lot of different levels.
1: Yeah. I love Netflix original series. I mean, a lot of them, like a lot of the ones I've seen, I'm really impressed with them. Like I want to work for them.
0: Yeah. Just Um, in case you're listening. Jake wants to work for you. Yeah, I want to
1: work for you. And also, I'm glad you're mentioning TV because even if nobody wants it, I'll definitely be typing up like a top ten TV show oh, nice. list. Oh yeah, and force it onto
0: our movie <laughs> website. So <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, alright, and then uh we both saw Masterminds. We actually saw Masterminds together, and we saw it in order to put it in the rankings so we could rank all five of Jared the Jared Hess directed movies. So we'll say a few things now and then both of us, whenever we hit it on our list, we'll probably add a little bit more. Um but what what were your thoughts? We talked a little bit, you know, prior to this, but what 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 do you have to say in, in small version before we dive in?
1: In small version, I I liked it and I thought it was like standardly funny um silly, obviously most
0: definitely silly,
1: um but definitely not as bad as it could have been, yeah, and just not bad in general, but yeah, also yeah. not, I don't know if I'll remember it for, for very long, right. but um but it wasn't a bad experience, it was funny, um, and all and there were certain things I really actively enjoyed about it that I'll talk about when i um when I rank it. But nice. Did you did you like it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I definitely liked it. I agree with almost everything that you said. Uh, I like the actors were very committed. It's something I wanted to talk a little bit about later. But everyone in it seemed to be like, no, we're gonna this movie's funny, and we're gonna make it funny. Yeah. I mean, and it has a really good cast that I'll give some shout outs to later. A lot of S- SNL vets, um, and of course Zach Galifianakis, who, though an acquired taste for many people, like in my mind, like if he's in it. You know he's going to be giving his all to make you have a fun, exciting, or silly experience yeah. like he's he's gonna sell the heck out of whatever he's supposed to be doing, and I think that to me that really helped masterminds and 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 like Jake said, like it's supremely silly, but it knows it's supremely silly yeah. and there's there's nothing in there. It was interesting because it's one of it's the only movie that he's directed that he didn't script. And there are parts of it that don't feel Hessian. There are some other parts that feel very Hessian at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was glad I saw it and I, I hope it doesn't get a, a crazy bum rap because even though it's not like the greatest movie in the history of the world or anything like that, for what it aspires to be, like, I think it's going to deliver. If you saw the trailer and thought this might be funny, I think it's going to deliver yeah. for you. you I know? would think so. Yeah. All right. Um, and so we, I mean, I would say, uh, Jake and I have talked about it a little bit ourselves, and we had some affinity for the previous uh, Jared Hess movies, and so we thought it might be fun, in, you know, with the release of Masterminds, to uh, run them down. So really quickly before we get to that, though, we just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what makes a Jared Hess movie, um, because there are a lot of similarities between his movies, some that I picked up on even more, even though he didn't script Masterminds and watching Masterminds. Um, and so... Because, you know, I want to hear what Jake says. Uh, any thoughts, Jake, kind of on what, what makes a Jared Hess movie to you?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, people might like this episode because I am actually going to know what I'm talking about the whole time. Which is great. This is kind of a big deal. That's because... every time, Jake. That's every time. <laughs> I know. But mostly this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I This is like a big deal because Jared Hess, like, I was obsessed with his movies in high school. Like... Um, I mean, Gentleman Broncos came out my junior year. So, like, Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre, and Gentleman Broncos, I was just like, I'm set. Like, these are my favorite movies ever. Like, I felt like I got them on this, like, special level that nobody else did.
0: Yeah, if you um, listen to our underappreciated movies, uh, Jake gave a shout-out to Gentleman Broncos specifically.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, So, I I really like what Jared Hess does overall. I think he is... Um, and speaking of underappreciated, I think he's just a very underappreciated director in general, because I think he does something very specific for a very specific group of people every time he makes a movie, with the exception probably of Masterminds recently. But, um, and so I think when, I mean, obviously Napoleon Dynamite blew up and got huge, but, but I think with some of his, um, lesser praised movies, it's because, um, sorry, like, you don't get it, like, yeah. if, <laughs> if you don't like it. Um, right. that, <laughs> Like, that's how, I don't know, I think a lot of critics have just not, um, either not liked what he's going for or not, yeah, just not got it. Like, um, which is fine. Like, there are lots of directorial styles that I don't get, but Jared Hess really resonates with me. Um, and so what I love that he does is, like, he gives this – just like stark portrayal of like rural like almost western life, kind of like I feel like in in movies a lot of times you see you see big cities or if you see if you see like the west, it's like Texas, you know, like something like hell or high water sure where its um, it's just kind of i don't know something that people already have a picture of in their minds. And I feel like what Jared Hess does when he portrays rural life is more... It's like what we're familiar with. Like, we don't see our kind of geography portrayed very much in movies. I think... I don't know. There's something about, like, Utah, Idaho, mountains that maybe just don't show up very well on camera. I don't know. They're kind of just, like, brown a lot of the time. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, I love that he portrays this, like, geography and... um, and I,
0: sorry, I mean I could go on for a long time, but I've been talking for a while. But no, what, no, you're instead. good, you're good. No, um, I would say, and this, I guess this is, I'm just adding on. I agree with everything Jake said. Um, this is something that, as I've like, I read up on some of these. I kind of looked on Rotten Tomatoes. I was curious what people said. We rewatched them all, um, and it's been shouted out in a lot of reviews. And I just want, I'm parroting it in some ways because I agree with it, which is that he has such affection for his characters. I've seen that in so many of the reviews that I've looked up about all the movies. Don Verdeen, even Masterminds, uh, uh, Gentleman Broncos, and of course, Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre, the first two, um, that uh, critics will say like, and, and these characters could be unlikable, but it's you can tell from the direction and the script that like he likes these people, and they're quirky, and they might be weird, and in some cases, they might be off-putting, but ultimately, like you know, I'm I'm going cliche here, but ultimately they have good hearts or ultimately they're going to do the right thing or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. And you, you feel a lot, pardon me, you feel a lot of that affection through his direction and through his scripts. Um, because he'll, I mean, and there are other things that he does like gross out humor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not overly so, except in a few scenes. <laughs> um, but like he'll, he'll do this kind of gross out thing. Um, and also the deadpan. The movies are so deadpan, like all of them. Uh, maybe masterminds, the least deadpan of all of them, but yeah. it's just like, you know, no one, it's like no one's in on the joke. Right. Exactly. Which is great. Yeah. Like I like it a lot. It's like no one's winking at the camera. Right. Again, with the exception perhaps of masterminds, cause he lets the SNL cast kind of just yeah. loose. But, but everyone is just like, no, we're these characters. And if this is funny to you, this is funny to you. And if it's not, it's not. Yeah. And that's just kind of, it's interesting.
1: Right. And I think that's what's off putting to some people because he 'cause he does this thing. He pretty much always focuses on awkward characters. Yeah,
0: lots of awkwardness.
1: Yeah, but it's so so different than what you see in like a typical Hollywood movie about like an awkward person. Yeah. Because usually those um types of movies are like they're still about pretty people who are like, oh, like I fell down on the first date, you know, and then yeah. it's like, or it's about like the normal people around them reacting to the weirdness. To their awkwardness. Yeah, but in Jared Hess movies, everyone is weird. And so it's Very just nice. unrelenting weirdness the whole yeah. time. You don't have, you generally don't have like a, a straight man role to mm-hmm. like react to the bizarreness. And nice. I think that's what's off-putting good to call. some people.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's good analysis. I would have gotten an A on a film lit paper in, <laughs> yes. in my class, but no, that's really good analysis. I like I like what Jake added. I'm not I'm not going to add anything to that except I totally agree, um, and I really like his musical choices. Oh yeah, um, I know we probably won't delve that much into that. Um, I will, and oh good, <laughs> and uh, but I really like you know like and they're and they're also fairly strange. If if I mean if that word I, I'm I guess I'm somewhat. Um, um, being lazy and using the word strange like well it's different so i'm gonna call it strange mm-hmm. but i like the musical choices they add to that aesthetic yeah like it, where that movie feels very unrelentingly like you said awkward or odd but the ch- musical choices always work for me oh yeah even while feeling strange mm-hmm. it's just like this is so strangely right <laughs> you know what i mean like oh, yeah. how how did you do that it's so strangely perfect um, yeah, good. So that's some stuff about Jared Hess and some stuff that I think we both enjoy about it where, wherever our ranks may end up. Um, so, uh, I'll have, I'll have Jake go first again really quickly. Uh, what ultimately helped you to rank them without, without telling the order? What, I mean, what put one above another one for you? Was it, was it humor? Was it actually relating to it? Was it, you know, I mean, cause there are, with a Jared Hess movie, there are a lot of things that go into it. It's not necessarily like, oh, this one moved me more, or I related to that one more. Yeah. So what what kind of helped you put one through five, or five, five to one?
1: Right. Um, well, what I tried not to do was go for just humor, which is why my order might be a little bit surprising to people who have heard me talk about Jared Hess movies for years, um, because there are some of them that make me laugh really hard, but... I don't know, at the end of the day, I can identify things about them that I that I recognize as not being super great filmmaking in some cases. Sure. So I kind of just went for, like, the ones that come across as a, like, most complete film. Um, as far as, like, that's kind of how I ranked, I guess. Sure. Because as as, some of them, he kind of, I don't know, Jared Hess does this thing a lot, and I guess a lot of comedies do, but, like, where there'll just be, like, a scene... That's a joke that has, like, no bearing on the plot at all. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I don't know. I try... Like, that kind of became... Because I re... Like, I always tend to do when we rank things. I rewatched all his movies. And so it was just really evident to me, I guess, in some movies where that was happening. And I don't know. I've just... It, it turned you off a little more at yeah, this point. Mm-hmm, more than it has in the past. So yeah. I, I, I went for more, um, I guess, complete... Like, ranked them by just
0: overall how complete of a film I feel they are nice yeah I and I had a really hard time Jake, Jake knows this because I've been saying it to him over the past week or so I had a really hard time ranking them um, I had seen I had not seen uh, obviously we hadn't seen Masterminds because it just opened this weekend but I had not seen Don Verdeen which premiered at Sundance earlier this year until we did this and I hadn't seen Napoleon Dynamite since the theaters so I saw it in the theaters way back when it came out and then not again until last week and then I've seen uh, Nacho Libre uh, tons of times. And I, I had a hard time. This part was hard for me and why I wanted Jake to talk about his and be able to at least throw it out there. It was hard for me to rank because I wasn't always sure what I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I wasn't always sure, like, did I just want to laugh? Did I just want to be moved? Did, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, I, I, I love what Jake said, and I, I, I pick and chose a little bit. Where, like, one of mine in the middle just made me laugh probably more than the other ones. And even though I acknowledged there were some filmmaking flaws, like, I was still like, but it made me laugh so much, I'm gonna put it above these two. Mm -hmm. And then one that I have pretty high was probably the one that, like, I related to the most or, or if, if that is wrong it was moved by okay. and maybe moved is too strong but, <laughs> but like I had the most emotional reaction to okay. is pretty high but I wouldn't say I necessarily laughed at much, as much at that movie as I did at some of the other ones so I, I did kind of cheat Not I didn't cheat but I, I was like well in this case I'm going with humor in this case I'm going with this and then the, the number one for me you know is, is the one that did all of the things for me so so, I'm, I mean, and I'm, I'm good with my order now. I'm good with my order. But it'll be interesting to see because Jake, Jake has a lot more, you know, Hess knowledge to see if, if how dismissive you are of my list. <laughs> Not meanly, but just like, you know.
1: No, I, I couldn't be dismissive of any order, I don't think, because, well, I at the very least like all of these movies. And, I mean, I, I guess I would say I love some of them, but I don't love any of them to the point anymore where I'll be like, Outrage. I hate if you. I want a number So five. when
0: my number five comes in a minute, you won't yeah, we're not
1: going to have like a Batman Begins
0: <laughs> scenario here. <laughs> I like that for the like 15 of you that listen to all of these, we throw in deep illusions <laughs> <laughs> in previous podcasts. So like there are the, the 15 out there like, ooh, I get that. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> we're um, not going to explain <laughs> it. You have to go back and listen. It's part of our plan. <laughs> so really quickly, uh, we did put out on Facebook and on Twitter... Um, just like, hey, if you want to rank these before, that'd be really cool. We may talk about it on the podcast. Um, Steve Nelson, who also gave us a rank of uh, Christopher Nolan, if you go to the Rogo Tour's Facebook page, he ranked his. He has some great explanation for why he has them in certain places. So before we start, and this is uh, pre-masterminds, so he doesn't have masterminds. He had number four, Gentleman Broncos. And he talked about how he likes some stuff, but he felt like, it didn't come together. He had number three, Don Verdeen, and said, it, "You know, it doesn't get enough credit. It's a little bit better than than people think." And then he had number two, Napoleon Dynamite, um, which he said, "It's there's some sort of his phrase, unidentifiable charm about Napoleon Dynamite." And then number one, Nacho Libre, and he gave he gave a lot of the love there to Jack Black as the title character. Well, I guess not the type. His name's Nacho, so we'll go <laughs> we'll go with that. It is somewhat the title character. Um anyway, so yeah, without further ado, I'll uh Jake will let you start if you don't mind. Sure. And we'll kind of we'll go yeah, we'll just do it like we feel like it. So number five, give us the explanation. Let's do it. Okay. My number
1: five, I actually saw at its Sundance premiere. Um, which was Don Verdeen. And it was it was actually two Sundances ago, so it was Sundance Oh, it was two ago, my uh-huh. bad. Yeah, it was twenty fifteen. Apologies. And do you That's even, on me? I don't
0: do you remember did it even come to theaters around here? I I don't remember it being in theaters. Okay, yeah. I I know that I I, we heard about it. I had a friend who was like, We should go see the new Jared Hess movie. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't able to. I don't think he did either. But I was like, Yeah, that'd be so cool. And then it was like it was just gone. Yeah. And then it wasn't until way later I was like, It's on DVD already? Yeah. Or Blu ray already, Mm -hmm. you know? Like
1: Yeah, I think I maybe remember it being at the Provo Mall for like a second. But anyway, I saw it at the Sundance premiere and then I rewatched it for this, but um I guess I'll start with the positive because I really love the cinematography in Don Verdeen. I think it is like exceptional compared to Most of the other ones. Yeah. Like um I mean there might be a couple spots where he does some nice things, um, visually in his other movies, but Don Verdeen I feel is looks the most um just cinematically polished. I really like um some of the compositions and just camera work that he has in that movie. Um, I mean, not that it's, like, Oscar-worthy to me or anything, but sure, just, sure. just notable compared to the other movies. Um, so I I like Don Verdeen. I think it's funny in parts, and there, there are a lot of lines that make me laugh, but I think it is, to me, it has the strangest tone out of all of his movies. Um, when I saw it at that Sundance premiere, it was, like, it was like the audience knew it was a Jared Hess movie so it's like they wanted to laugh at everything but not everything felt like it could be laughed at so there were just like a lot of weird times where like 3 or 4 people were like Haha. but like it like wasn't it was like maybe almost a dramatic moment in the movie like it was it was just kind of difficult to read compared to his past work and like and maybe that's not a fair like criticism because it's just maybe that's just comparison to what he's done before and he was trying to do something different but i don't know it, it the tone just feels a little uneven to me um but i like it and i think it's um it's one of the more plot heavy movies that they've made he's made nice. i guess sure um yeah and i don't know like i don't even have that much to say about don redine mm-hmm. um i do think the subject matter is interesting yeah. i do you think that they're trying to make like a broader statement about religion, or that they're just like, oh, here's a funny character?
0: No, no, that's a really good question, and I'm not gonna cop out and not answer it at all. But when I talk about John Verdine later, I wanna I wanna delve into that okay. a little more because well, but as watch while watching it, mm-hmm. I kept wondering like, I found and I'm gonna steal a tiny bit of my later thunder, but I found that it like, well, I mentioned this already. It had affection. It seemed to be like very gently poking fun at a certain type of religious believer, mm-hmm. but at the same time with a lot of love toward people who have some sort of religious belief. Yeah. And I thought, and, and this is all I'll say for now, I thought that it walked that line pretty well. Yeah. At least for me, um, I, I kind of felt like, I, I thought it was going to be this kind of satire of like, people who believe in this way, or believe at all are stupid. Yeah. And as the movie went out, I thought like, oh, wow, no, there's something more going on here. Like, yeah, we're going to poke some fun at some of some of the idiocy going on here. Yeah. Which I thought there were some pretty inspired, you know, one one off jokes. But um, but at the same time, like you could feel once again, Jared has his affection for these characters. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there may be some stupid stuff going on, but these are like pretty good dudes at the end of the day trying to do what's right. Yeah. Which was I thought was was kind of cool. And I, I mean, I meandered a little bit there, but.
1: No, yeah. And I and I do... I like the characters in Don Verdeen. I really like Amy Ryan's yeah, character. she's a champ. Yeah. Just period. Yeah, she's Amy great. Amy Ryan's a champ, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and Sam Rockwell's good in it, too. Um, I... Oh, yeah. I guess, like, one side note. This movie was kind of, like, the beginning of my disillusionment with the Hesses, though. Like, I still really enjoy their movies, but this is... The movie kind of brought me from, like, I'm obsessed with these filmmakers to, like... I appreciate what they're doing, but... Yeah, but maybe it's not quite what on. I thought. <laughs> well, because like, when they did the Q&A at the... Sundance. At Sundance, uh-huh, after the movie, um, I don't know, like, I kind of was just, like, ready for, like, them to talk about, I don't know, these, like, broad themes or, like, statement they were trying to make with Donovan Dean, and then it was more just, like, they just, like, talked about, like, some gags and, like, just kind of, like, the way jokes played out, and I, I, it just made me think about their past movies and how I had found... Even like in some of them, like some real like emotional connection. And suddenly I felt like, I don't know, maybe they were really just trying to be trying to be funny the whole time. Yeah.
0: And so. Interesting. I don't know. That's just a side note. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. By yeah. the way, the cinematographer for Don Verdeen, uh, and I, w- I know I won't pronounce this right, but is Matthias Trollstrup. I just wanted because you were talking about the oh, okay. cinematography. I wanted to give him a shout out. Okay, I, yeah, I know you're out. listening, Matthias. So. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my five and then I'll do my four. Um, And then we'll go back to Jake and he'll do four and three. I don't know. We just thought that would be, I just thought that would be a fine way to do it. So, so my number five hopefully doesn't, you know, cause any problems with Jake, but my number five is Gentleman Broncos. That's
1: fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I know that it sounds empty now that I put it at number five, but I, and I, I didn't at all hate it the first time I saw it, but I really was like, oh man. Because like, I, I was a fan of the first two. And, and Napoleon Dynamite, maybe not as much as other people, but I liked what he was doing. And Gentleman Broncos, just it, it fell very flat to me the first time. I still laughed at stuff. I still felt that affection. I still thought, man, I love Sam Rockwell. I love uh, Jennifer Coolidge. I love uh, Jemaine Clement. Mm-hmm. Like I like these guys. And so they're going to get me some funny stuff, right? This time watching it, I, it, was, it was much better than I remembered. And it felt, uh, it felt more complete. As far as start to finish, knowing exactly what you want to do, there were some gags that were funnier to me, and I think maybe just my esteem for Sam Rockwell has only grown throughout the years. So it kind of helped just coming in in 2016 and being like, "I'm I love Sam Rockwell" and feeling some of that. Um, For me, I mean, like there were a lot of gags that were funny, like the conference where Jermaine is talking about naming characters. Like Mm -hmm. that's just funny stuff. Like you know, that's just humorous. Um, and and I love I I found that one of my biggest things with Jared Hess movies I love how his movies end I don't and I know what Oh no you're talking about a different movies Sorry we were talking solely earlier Yeah solely I later. love how his movies end almost every time Good and and that was something I didn't realize till we rewatched them like the the very last scenes or at least the you know the last couple minutes to me are always like really effective in whatever they were trying to do. Like in, whether it was trying to be funny, like the end of masterminds is mostly just trying to be funny, add a little bit of emotional resonance like a, a lot of them do. And, and they're always like very ambiguously positive, if that's the right thing to say. I don't know if it is. They're obviously positive, but not everything's wrapped up in a tiny bow. Like, yay, everything we wanted has been achieved. Almost none of them are like that. I don't think any of them are. Yeah. And yet you feel like everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be good. And I I really like that, and with *Gentlemen Broncos* was very similar, Um, where I remember feeling at the end the first time just very dissatisfied, the first time I saw it, uh, which was years ago, Um, and this time I felt very fulfilled at the end, like, and I loved how it kind of hinged on Jennifer Coolidge's love for her son. I thought that was really it really worked well for me. Good. Um, And and the first time I remember distinctly thinking "Mm, Sam Rockwell was kind of wasted. And this time, I thought like, oh no, he got some funny stuff to do yeah, with with the different versions uh-huh. of the story going on. And yes, yeah, some of it was very over the top, but like it worked for for the for the feel for the tone. Sure. And so, even though I have it at number five, it's a very positive number five because prior to this, I would have thought, oh, it's five, and there's not even there's no doubt about it. Right. Um, when now it gave me a lot of like, ooh, let me think about this and stuff. And so. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, and it helped that you liked it, and we talked about it and underappreciated it, so mm-hmm. I could kind of come in at it like, oh, yeah, you didn't love this a lot. And that, the first time, but, you know, people have esteem for it. Yeah. Um, and it brings up my other thing, which is just, and this is a thing I harp on all the time about all movies, expectations are such a big part of how we eventually interpret a movie, Yeah. and anyone who would try to deny that, I think, is lying to sure. themselves, because you know there's such a big thing, and I think that really affected where a lot of mine ended up, especially when I do my number four in a minute. Um, that it just really, really, really play makes a big difference in how you interpret something. I think so. Um, you want to anything you wanted to say now about gentlemen? No, Marcos I would wait. wait until okay. So uh, my number four, and I, I probably this was the hardest thing for me to do on this list. Um. Just, it was just hard. It was just hard. Um, My number four is Napoleon Dynamite. Wow. Yeah, my number four is Napoleon Dynamite. And and I purposefully mentioned expectations before I went to this because even the first time I saw it in the theaters, it was after all the hype. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason. I I mean, I'm not going to go into this too much, but I had seen the short film years before Napoleon Dynamite came out. The short film, Palooka, that's probably on the DVD. And thought it was hilarious, like just thought it was great. And uh, I I like Napoleon Dynamite a lot, and probably also like Gentleman Broncos liked it even a little more this time, especially the end. When it ended, I was like, oh oh, I love you," you know, you. like mm-hmm. it just felt so right. Um, I think I tweeted about that, like the end is just right. Maybe I didn't, but um, but there's something about the hype that I think drags it down a tiny bit for me, and for me to pretend like that didn't play into my rankings would be lying as well. Um, I felt like I'd seen it 20 times when we watched it, and I'd only seen it once because so many things have been repeated and people say these lines all the time. And so it was almost like I've never seen it as I would have seen it ever, just discovering it yeah. and seeing it. And, I, and I'll and i never know what that would be like right. with Napoleon Dynamite, which everyone experienced the first time. And for whatever reason, I didn't see it way back when. And by the time I did, the hype machine had already you know, taking it out to the ocean and stuff. <laughs> at the same time, I, I thought Napoleon Dynamite was great, you know, and the performances are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing you talked about at the beginning is probably never more clear than in Napoleon Dynamite where, like, there's no straight men, you know? Yeah. everybody has some kind of something. Right. Um, and, I mean, and it's funny. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, I think it holds up, too, I think it holds up. Yeah, it like, does. Even though I have it at number four, I think it holds up. Uh, and my kids loved it. I mean, they were laughing a lot more than I was because they don't have a lot of that built-in kind of, oh, this is a supposed classic or, yeah. or you know, was this uh, crazy indie hit that made all this money that no one saw coming. They were just like, they just loved it because it was weird and it was silly and the voices were funny. Yeah. Speaking of my kids and John Heater's so great, you know, I mean, ev- his whole career after this has been based on, Napoleon, not not his acting. I think he's done variations, uh-huh. but pretty much, you know, even still, people want him to do Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. On he did Napoleon Dynamite bit on Jimmy Fallon like 2012. Really? So, I mean, like people wow. are still they're calling back to. And Napoleon Dynamite, the TV show, was on a couple years ago yeah. or a year ago or two. The the animated version. I know.
1: I forgot to. I was gonna jokingly say that was my number five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was. Actually the joke's pretty, over. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was pretty funny though. Did you ever watch it? No, I never oh. did. I didn't really have a lot of opportunity to I
0: mean, I could have sought out the opportunity but
1: it lasted like six episodes.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as you would think it would be. Right, right, right. That's a side. No, 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 you're good. And so similar to Gentleman Broncos, like it doesn't sound positive, me having it at number four, but like I'm so glad that I watched it again and was able to kind of see it in the light of let's move past the hype machine from however many years ago and let's watch Napoleon Dynamite as does this movie hold up? I definitely think it does, even though I have it at number four.
1: Okay. Good. Um, okay, my number four is probably a surprise to people who know me. So I have actually placed Gentleman Broncos at Whoa,
0: four. yeah, that surprised me just from underappreciated I know, movies. I know,
1: which I still, so if this is It fair, can still be an underappreciated movie, yeah. it's just surprising. I think it's, it's his most up. underappreciated movie. Even
0: still at number four.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I know I've said it, I said it was like my favorite for so long, um... But in recent years, every time I've watched it, I've liked it a little bit less, which I still, I still love it. I still think it's, it was unfairly trashed. And I, um, I think it is the strongest example of Jared Hess doing something very specific for specific people and most people not caring for that. Um, like, and I, and I think it does, it's also probably the strongest example of, um, for me, just like, hit, just having very potentially off-putting characters, and um, yeah, and expecting people to want to sit through 90 minutes of them. Right. Um, which I really like, I don't know, I just think it's, it's, uh, I think it does such a good job of kind of how I was talking about, like, how it's not, like, the standard, like, awkward people that you see in movies. I think, um, all of Jared has his movies, but for me especially Napoleon Dynamite shows what it must I mean maybe not realistically but it dares to go into this place of what it must really be like to be that weird you know it doesn't it doesn't let characters off the hook as like oh you're weird but Someone's gonna find that charming and like you're love just you weird. and make you popular for it. Right. You know? right, it's like right.
0: You're just weird and you're interchangeable. Like even Napoleon weird. Dynamite does, right? In a way. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You're saying Gentleman Broncos doesn't do that. And I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, even Napoleon Dynamite eventually, like, and someone's gonna make you popular or eventually this weirdness is actually so charming, you win. Yeah, exactly. You win the thing, whatever it is. Yeah. The president of the school. Right. Or everyone liking you because you do a dance at the, <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> Which the yeah. end of Napoleon Dynamite's great. Like, I'm not knocking it. I'm simply reiterating your point. Yeah. That you don't have that as much in Gentleman Broncos.
1: Right. Like, the main character wins at the end, but he's still a freaking weirdo and, like, sad and awkward.
0: Well, the thing about him, too, is he's kind of the straight man, but he is so passive. Yeah. He is so passive. (laughs) I watch again, like, man, you're just, like, sitting in life. I mean, and I know there's more to it than that, but not that much. (laughs) To him, I mean. Yeah. Um, So, anyway,
1: I guess, and I guess I can talk about, like... Some of the reasons it's fallen away is my favorite. Um, I used to, like, defend the gross-out humor. Oh, gosh.
0: I'm so glad you brought it up, because I forgot to when I oh, said really? it. Oh, really? It's just a little much for I'm me. I'm still
1: fine with it. I'm still fine with it. But and I, I think in the past I would have said it's, like, it's just like Jared Hess going all in on making this, like, an ugly movie in an artistic way. But now I'm kind of like, I don't know. Maybe it's just being gross. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm still fine with it. I don't know. Like, when... A, Um, when we watched it the other day, we watched the gag reel as well, and, like, I'm sorry, but, like, watching Mike White get pooed on by a snake (laughs) for, like, seven takes in a row is actually really funny. I should have watched the gag reel. It's very funny. And Sam Rockwell can't deliver any lines as Brutus the... Um, more effeminate the, yeah the modified <laughs> the modified version um those if you ever get a chance watch those on yeah i should have it's samrock was hilarious yeah. um anyway but and i also have just found like there's like mistakes in the script it's kind of weird like I it's taken me like 20 times of watching it to realize this but there are things that i used to be like oh well like I think the like like universe of the of the story <laughs> is just so well formed that there's like references to things earlier on that don't come until later but now when I watch it I'm like no I think they just accidentally put that line in earlier than it was supposed to be like, <laughs> weird things like that but like I still love this movie but there are just nice. things now that I can recognize as like not the not the greatest but right I really like it and I really love oh and we haven't even talked I can't believe I didn't talk about this for defining Jared Hess but um I love his, like, indefinite time periods. Oh, yeah. Um, And I, Gentleman Broncos is my favorite case of that, I think. Um, Napoleon Dynamite also does it really well. Well,
0: Napoleon Dynamite's kind of an in-joke that, like, that specific place is just behind. Right, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. But in the other ones, it's more of just, like, a who knows? Yeah.
1: (laughs) We do whatever we want. Right, Right, yeah, yeah. And I love that about Gentleman Broncos. Like, it feels like the 80s, but... There's also things that are just not yeah. <laughs> not the 80s, uh-huh. but,
0: but it's not a mistake. It's just Jared Hess being Jared Hess. and oh, I love yeah. it. Nice. I have a hypothesis. J- Jake's going to do his third, and I'm just guessing that probably our third, uh, our number threes are the same. I mean, do you think we'll, so? Well, we'll, well see. Well, prob- I guess probably. That's... We'll see in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Should I wait?
1: <laughs> Should we take a break? Go! Um, <laughs> my number three is Masterminds. I guess we'll see you in a minute. I guess, oh, <laughs> so now we have to wait. <laughs> no, that's my number
0: three as well. It's, what is this American Idol? We on the commercial break, um, <laughs> and we'll find out my number three <laughs> in just a minute. No, no, mine's Masterminds as well. But Jake, Jake okay. will go, and I'll just add on.
1: Yeah, so Masterminds was, was very not Hessian, um, like like we mentioned. I'm trying to think like the things that felt Hessian to me. Like really, all I can think of was like, like maybe the photo shoot. Um, yeah, but other than there's that, a couple small
0: moments of gross out humor. One specific one, where he's in the pool. Oh yeah, um, and then the end. So the end for me, because I, I agree, generally speaking, that it's not as hessian. But the end for me felt very much, just that same thing I mentioned earlier of like, we don't fully know where this is going and like is everything tied up no way everything's tied up but we feel good and we feel satisfied oh, even right. not yeah. knowing and that that has kind of tied together in watching the five of them in this last two weeks or whatever that has tied them together for me so that that specific thing the way the movie ended felt very Jared Hess script to me even though he didn't write it
1: right yeah yeah and he didn't write it so that was that's notable I guess that all these other movies he's written and this one he just directed yeah um which is, yeah, the most obvious explanation for why it felt so different. Um, I actually, and I guess this is more about the writing than it is about Jared Huss, but I I actually thought the structure of the movie was kind of surprising just because usually heist movies build up to the heist, but yeah. this was more about the aftermath of it, which mm-hmm. was kind of unexpected. I I liked that.
0: And just the heist itself was so silly in a, in a way that I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. That, you know, it wasn't like... Ooh, how are they going to get away with this? It was more just like, this heist is crazy. Right. I mean, that's stupid. This heist is <laughs> silly. I guess is more yeah. so what it was. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um. But no. Overall, I liked it. Um. It was kind of like weird to think of, Jared Hess working with all of these like huge names in comedy right yeah. now. Yeah. You know. Um. For sure. Because mostly his casts are usually mostly, unknown or just at least like more indie actors who do smaller projects, you know. Right. So, it's kind of strange to see, you know, blockbuster level Jared Hess. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it was um I like and like I said, I don't know if this is even like a valid criticism of comedy, but like I just feel like there was a, quite a bit of pointlessness like I like what I
0: don't know what purpose really Kate McKinnon served other than to be other than to be Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah, But like who's great and we love Kate McKinnon. I think I can speak for Jake on this one, too. But yeah, she's just in it to do funny stuff. Right. Yeah. Not like she could have very easily not been in the movie. She didn't really factor into the script at all. (laughs) Other than some funny scenes and one of my very favorite lines. (laughs) Yeah, uh, which I will not give away here, but which I thought was very funny. Yeah,
1: she was very she was one of my favorite things about the movie. But but why was she there? Yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean it's a comedy, so it's fine. Not everything has to you know result in a death or move the plot forward. Right. You know, ten steps. So. Um, well, but- that's. Partially, what
0: ended up at number three for me is I, you know, threw some of my criteria out the window, and I do think I laughed more at Masterminds than I laughed at any of the other Jared Hess movies. Oh wow! Not that laugh a minute is the only way to, uh, you know, uh, judge something because it's definitely not. Yeah. But it was also like moments. It wasn't necessarily that comedy had built. It was just like people being funny. Like yeah. I thought Jason Sudeikis was particularly funny, but I like Jason Sudeikis a lot, and I probably laughed more at his line readings. More at his silly things that he said, or the way he reacted to things, and and then Kate McKinnon as well. And most of their parts were almost—I mean, they were. Jason Sudeikis's were important for sure, but they were like the bits that made me laugh were outside of the context of like this linear plot. You know? Yeah. Anyway.
1: No. Yeah, I'm pretty much done talking about it. I just okay, so...
0: <laughs> no. It's I keep fine. just like interjecting.
1: No, it's good. I just think. um yeah, it was like, there were a couple moments that it was like, yeah, Jared has probably directed this, like yeah. the photo shoot and stuff. But sure. but otherwise, it didn't really feel like his. So I guess that's my final take. Yeah, yeah. One,
0: mm-hmm. well, I would only add, like the thing I said earlier, um, when we mentioned it right at the beginning, which was, uh, I I just thought Zach Galifianakis' commitment to the role... I mean, he's just, he. his character is so silly. So, he's wearing these ridiculous wigs all the time and these ridiculous <laughs> costumes. And he has to do, like, he smiles like an idiot on purpose. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, I wouldn't, I can't say he felt like a real person. That would be disingenuous. <laughs> but it never felt to me like Zach Galifianakis was trying to make me laugh. Maybe it did to you. Like, no, it just felt like he was point. this, like, quirky, weird dude, you know? And in the, in the gag reel at the end, there's a part where, uh, Kristen Wig laughs because of just the way he's selling a scene. And it I mean, that scene made me laugh in the actual movie, too, because Galifianakis is just going to go all the way to make you laugh. Yeah. Uh, but never feel like that's what he's doing. I never thought like, oh, you're trying to make me laugh. I was just laughing because he was just so into this character who was just weird, you know? And I'm not usually one for slapstick, but a, a lot of the weird slapstick in Masterminds made me laugh for some reason. Yeah. and I, And I have no explanation for that. Because like, usually I'm like, oh, slapstick's a pretty low form of comedy mm-hmm. in my mind. Right. And and yet, I can't, and I think maybe it was just the actors selling it. I will say I was sad because it felt like it wasted Leslie Jones to me. I don't know how you felt about that, no, but yeah. I like Leslie Jones a lot. And I think she's super funny. And for me, she was kind of a way. She had one funny line and it's in most of the trailers mm-hmm. where she uses the three Kennys to yeah. talk about. Which is a great line. Yeah, but that she, that she probably ad libbed, <laughs> but but it's in the trailers, and so I just felt every time she came on the screen, I got excited. Yeah, it felt like she was kind of a straight man role. Which she was surprisingly serious. Yeah, which is, I mean, like I'm, I want to see Leslie Jones all the time. Yeah, but but it felt like it wasted some of her talents. The way I felt about uh, Gentleman Broncos only the first time I saw it with Sam Rockwell. And then the second time I realized, but I don't think if I watch Masterminds again that I'm going to be like, oh yeah, there's a lot more here to Leslie Jones's role. Mm -hmm. Because it was, not only was it underwritten, she's not even in it that much. Yeah. And so whenever she came on, I thought like, oh, you know, when it was a while ago, maybe before she was as famous as she is now, when the movie actually got made. So maybe that was just part of it. They weren't, they weren't ready to just let her loose at this point.
1: Yeah. And worth mentioning that this was delayed for a year due to financial
0: troubles, I think. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and so yeah, then, this was probably sure.
1: filmed in like
0: 2014,
1: maybe yeah. early 2015. Yeah, but yeah.
0: yeah, Cool, that's cool. Yeah. We at least met in the middle. We'll see about these these top two. Um, so uh, my number two, right? My, yes, my number two um, uh, is Don verdine Interesting. Which you may have already seen coming, and if you were listening, you you may have already seen that coming. And I gonna, I'm going to be honest, like, uh, I'm going to have a, a, a hard time explaining. And I think a lot of it had to do with expectations, where I just thought, like, people didn't like this. It disappeared. And I was, like, charmed the entire way. Wow. And Sam Rockwell's kind of the straight role. I mean, we've been mentioning the straight role and stuff, mm-hmm. which was weird to me, because Sam Rockwell is such a funny guy. Yeah. And he's still funny in it. Um, But he's kind of like, you know, he's the main character. And he's if you have we haven't talked a lot about what these are about. Obviously, you can go look it up. Yeah. But with a lot of them, you probably know Don Verdeen's about this guy who finds religious artifacts. Probably not usually the actual religious artifacts, um, and and really helps kind of bolster people's faiths, and then decides at a certain point to be a little more deceitful about it, with the help of a I don't even know what nationality is Jack <laughs> character supposed to be. <laughs> And that leads me to one of the things, Jermaine, I thought in this was funny, like, even though I maybe didn't laugh as much at Don Verdeen as I have at some of the other Jared Hess ones, some of Jermaine's lines and his, and I wrote some of them down, like he's talking to Amy Ryan, who's very faithful Mm -hmm. and she thinks he's there to learn about like the gospel and Jesus. And he's there to try to like flirt with her and get with her. And then she's like, "I thought you're here to talk about Jesus." And he's like, "Yeah, what is it you like about that guy?" <laughs> yeah. And that line made me laugh, and then I don't want to give away it, but there's another line where someone uh, fashions a shiv from it's him, it's him from from, from a toothbrush. Brush and he, yeah, exactly. So you knew I had I had to write yeah. it down, um, but brushed up. And then usually I'm not, and I apologize, and I know that you know we have very small listenership, but I apologize, Will Forte, if you ever hear this. Will Forte is not my favorite in life. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's too over the top. He's an acquired taste, and I've never quite acquired the taste. He made me laugh a lot oh, yeah. in Don Verdine. There's like the breakfast cereal the, That's <laughs> what I wrote down, yes. His, he had a breakfast cereal sermon that was like... And see, this speaks to a lot of what Don Verdeen did for me. I didn't necessarily laugh out loud at the breakfast cereal sermon, uh-huh. but I thought it was inspired and hilarious. Yeah, It didn't lead to a guffaw. It didn't lead to me being... Like caught off guard and laughing so hard, right? But the entire time I was smiling like this is kind of genius, yeah. And 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 Don Verdine had a lot of moments like that for me. And then the thing we talked about earlier, and I know I mentioned it, but I also wrote down a line that a critic wrote, like it. I it had it was like it had disdain and love for religion, you know. Yeah. It, it walked the line. It it, it could have gotten mean, and it never. I felt like it never did. Um. And this is what so. A.O. Scott, one of my favorite critics, Mm -hmm. I I just wrote this line down, and I'm quoting him, uh, in his review of Don Verdeen, which was a positive review, and I was like, whoa, A.O. Scott liked it, so I wanted to go look at it. And he said, Its intentions are to some degree corrective. It mocks some of the popular corruptions of faith so as to invite the audience to reflect upon what real faith might be. And that really got at, I think, what ultimately made me like it, is it felt like it had something to say, even though it was silly a lot, at yeah. the end I felt like, oh, you said something and I think I got that message. And I think that's where for you, you listen to them talk about it and they didn't seem to reflect on that. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't hear them talk about it because <laughs> that might have made a big difference between your and my interpretation of it. Because mm-hmm. what sold me on Don Verdeen was some of the reflections on what it might actually mean in the midst of all this silly stuff. Right. I thought uh, Danny McBride was really funny. And, and he, Leslie Bibb plays his wife, and she's kind of cool. Yeah. Amy Ryan, as I said before, is a treasure. <laughs> um, she's great. That's Shout out to Anchorman there. But Amy Ryan, uh, I will watch her in anything. And I thought she sold the relationship between her and Don. And I like the way it, it kind of ripple affected in the final scenes, um, which I don't want to spoil. But um, I, yeah, it was, I think of all the movies even my number one it was the one I was most emotionally involved in and I found myself surprised to be emotionally involved yeah. and, I, and I, uh, as funny as Jermaine is in Gentleman Broncos I, I liked his role I thought it showcased some more funny stuff for him to do in Don right. Um, and not Sam Rockwell who is more like I said his, he, he gets to play everything pretty straight which he still does a great job with but yeah, uh, it snuck up, up on me, Don Verdeen, I think that's why it ended up so high. I just didn't expect it to be what it was.
1: Right. Okay,
0: cool. Fair. Um, what are we on, my number two now? Number two. Okay. <laughs> For those of you keeping track, you'll now be able to figure out what both of our number ones are, whatever yeah. they are. I know. I should have thought of vague introductions
1: <laughs> to be able to reveal them, but <laughs> Nacho Libre is my number two. Nice. Nice. Um, I don't think this movie could be made today even though it was only made 10 years ago. At least not with a white man like in the lead, you know? Like as a Mexican? Yeah. Like I'm actually I mean, I don't remember there being like backlash no, about it, no, but also I...
0: social media wasn't what it is. What it is, so. And I think it was just so silly that it didn't feel like no one felt like, oh my gosh, you should have casted it. They were like, this movie's just silly and right. It's another thing, and that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. I'm not offended by it, and I sure, sure, sure,
1: I don't really think people should be like. There's something, yeah, that feels completely fine about it. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, Jack Black's just great, I guess. Yeah, you know. um, but I just think it's interesting, you know, because just when I was rewatching, I was like, I wonder what would happen if this was announced, like today, you know, on social yeah. media. Like. Well,
0: with the Matt Damon thing in, in The Great Wall, uh-huh, caught, yeah. he cut some flack, and anyway.
1: Right. Um, anyway, yeah, Nacho Libre, um, I kind of, I feel like it's kind of, and I thought it was interesting that you mentioned slapstick in Masterminds, because I feel like Nacho Libre is perhaps the most slapsticky Sticky. movie that Jared Huss has made. Um, I had forgotten that the
0: climax literally involves him soaring like over soaring. the crowd of people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. which is probably one of my favorite gags from Nacho movie because it, i remember funny. the first time laughing hard because yeah. it was i just did not expect it to be so unbelievable in that final scene right you
1: know? yeah i laughed hard at it too um but it's really funny it's probably it's it's a contender for like the funniest test movie for me yeah, just, yeah. just consistently me too. there's just always something to laugh at mm-hmm. um it does lack um what i find to be kind of like this sadness that's in his other movies. Um,
0: that makes them more resonant.
1: Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because sure. Nacho Libre doesn't need to have that to be a successful comedy. Sure, um, sure. So I really like it. I think it's um, a funny, you know, engaging story and uh, the performances are pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um Even though you mostly just have uh, Jack Black and um, Hector Jimenez, but... yeah. But they're both great, and it's yeah, yeah. it's fun to watch them.
0: Yeah, well, we and I'm going to curveball here because I, we were going to have Jake do his number one, but I, I don't think it makes sense because I'm going to jump in. If you've been keeping track, my number mm-hmm. one is Nacho Libre. Right. Um. And I agree with almost everything that Jake said. And my the reason that it's number one for me, you know, admitting my personal bias, I just love Jack Black. And I, and so like it, it, early on, you talked about a lot of like your previous love for things. Early on, I had a chip on my shoulder about the Nacho Libre Napoleon Dynamite kind of debate mm-hmm. way back. Because for me, like for my sensibilities, Nacho Libre was funnier, it was more fully formed, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was always like this chip on my shoulder Like, Nacho Libre is the better Jared Hess movie. And I don't have that chip at all anymore. I know I had Napoleon Dynamite 4 that that was no backlash to the Nacho Libre comparison. Uh, But uh, I I kind of like, I have both of the ones that touch on religion up here at the top, which is just a coincidence. But I like the way it kind of gently mocks religion again. Just gently with, you know, him being the one who supposedly doesn't know a lot about it and being the most good hearted and the one who ends up doing the most good. And then all the other like monks, I don't know if monks is even the correct term, but the other religious figures Mm -hmm. being kind of, Hypocrites being distasteful in a lot of ways and just treating him so terribly. Yeah. Um. You see, kind of like like not a disdain for religious authority, but perhaps a distrust of religious authority. That like, what he what Jack Black's doing, quote unquote, on the ground level is just doing so much more than than what's happening for them. And it's funny. It almost because I said I don't usually love slapstick, so it indicts me a little bit that I have it number one. Yeah. But even though I said earlier like slapstick doesn't usually make me laugh if Jack Black's involved in it, the likelihood of it making me laugh is a lot higher right. if Jack Black is involved in the slapstick. So his silly accent and just uh we talk about this in, in my film lit class in high school and talking about tone. Um just like Napoleon dynamite, it has such an understanding of its tone. The scene where they eat toast I've seen, you know, fifty times in my life and I still think is funny. Yeah. Um the bluntness of the dialogue um, her favorite color being light tan. I mean, the script is just hysterical, you know? And he tells the story of his parents. They tried to convert each other, uh, but they got married instead, and then they died. And that's the entirety of his parents' story, right? And and even just the whole, I mean, the fact that he's in love with her and she has taken a vow of celibacy,
1: yeah.
0: and... Who knows what's gonna happen? Nothing, maybe.
1: Yeah, they don't resolve that. And I like that they didn't
0: resolve it. Like it's a it's a sucky thing in life sometimes. Like you kind of love her, or maybe you love her. Maybe she loves you. That's what happens. Like, and and uh, 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 exemplified in the classic line of uh, in 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 his song Mm -hmm. where he says like you know, uh, no no no. No way, Jose, unless you want to, (laughs) then we'll break our vows together. Like there's no way we took a vow. We're not going to do it unless you want to, then we'll break it. Like just kind of, I I liked that, you know, which, which I think, you know, kind of gets at what happens in our minds sometimes like, yeah, there's no way I'll do this. Like, unless someone convinces me to go ahead and do the thing. So, uh, yeah. The masterminds for me, masterminds and Nacho Libre competed always for the the movie I laughed at the most. There's no doubt, Mm -hmm. and it may have been this, even though I gave the shout out to masterminds earlier, Um, but yeah, I just and it's such a weird world of luchadors, yeah. And I love that the script gives Jack Black a few times to sing, Um, (laughs) you know. And just so many lines of, and, and those lines were never necessarily beaten into the ground like they were with Napoleon Dynamite for me, where people, were, people weren't quoting Nacho yeah. Libre all the time. Mm-hmm. And so those lines still felt fresh to me after five times or six times or seven times of watching it, because those were the only times I was hearing them. Right. And Napoleon Dynamite I've seen twice, and I felt like I'd heard you know those yeah. lines hundreds and hundreds of times, which again is just me admitting how some of that bias creeps into my, to my rankings. But, yeah. But yeah, Nacho Libre is, is, uh, it's, you know, I've shown it, I had shown it to the kids way before they saw Napoleon Dynamite because like we own Nacho Libre. Right. I just think it's so fun and so silly and and for me it like delivered on the promise of Napoleon Dynamite and I know a lot of, a lot of people saw it as less than.
1: Yeah, which is weird.
0: Yeah, and to me it was like, oh yeah, he took a step up and and that was not really what a lot of people thought.
1: Yeah. I feel like I haven't praised it enough for having it at number two, but it's just very fully formed. I think it and confident in its tone I like how you described that because yeah it it just has this like plot from start to finish and most of the jokes and gags further the plot some of them don't and that's great they're just funny you know but like like,
0: the uh, corn in the eye yeah but it's like a second you know and then they move on and they're Uh always
1: trying to accomplish some things and it's it's like really endearing to me
0: yeah nice so
1: obviously (laughs) my number (laughs) one is Napoleon
0: Dynamite nice um <laughs> Not nice though, because you don't like Napoleon no, Dynamite. No, no, I do but... like it. Okay, okay. I do like it. Okay. Um, I like all five of these movies. Fair, fair. And and I and I wasn't sure about Gentleman Broncos and Napoleon Dynamite before I rewatched them. Really? Okay. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I had affinity for Napoleon Dynamite, but I wasn't sure at watching it now would I still like it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where we're ranking five movies. It's a small career, generally speaking. Right. And so to have something at five is like, oh you have it last. But like for you, you had Gentleman Broncos 4, and you're like, no, I like this movie. I, yeah. I spent years saying it was one of my favorites of all right. time, and now I have it at 4. No, I have no disdain for Napoleon Dynamite at all. Okay, good. I like that it's number one, because you're kind of giving a shout out to this original movie that he made. Yeah. Out of the gate, still the best one in your mind.
1: Yeah, it is the best one. It's the best like overall film that he's made, in, in my opinion. Um, it probably helps that I didn't see Palooka first, because I can't remember how much you said in this recording, but you mentioned before that you saw... You saw Peluca when he first made it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, at At a film festival in college.
1: Yeah, this is kind of crazy. So it is on the the DVD. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I, I had never seen it, and then I I put it on this time after rewatching the movie, and I actually didn't even finish it. Didn't you? Oh it's my like, gosh! I'm it's like this eight out. minutes. Yeah. And I made it through like four of them, and I was like, "Oh, I have to go do stuff." Like this is just lines from Napoleon Dynamite without as funny delivery, right? To me. Sure. Sure. Um, so anyway. So, like, the biggest thing I love about Napoleon Dynamite is I think that it is, like, so, so sad. Like, um, what was a... I... So, what I hate, like, this is my one of, has been one of my biggest pet peeves forever, is when people use Napoleon Dynamite as a reference point to say, like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, dumb humor, you know, like, Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I hate when people say that because I know Napoleon Dynamite is, like, goofy and... Absurd, and so like sometimes that can come across as we're just going to do any random thing to try and make you laugh. Right. But Napoleon Dynamite really makes me genuinely feel in like several different scenes, and I think that's a, an accomplishment for that movie, and so I hate when people think that it's literally nothing more than just a
0: series of John Heater saying funny things funny in, funny in a things. weird voice. huh Yeah. When I like that we got through the podcast without none of us said he does dumb humor. Yeah. Neither of us. Right. Right. And you only said it there to say like it doesn't do that. Like yeah. I, I think I really do think that's a disser- you know, that's doing a disservice to Jared Hess to say it's just dumb humor. Yeah. Because I think what you're hearing from us is we feel like there's a lot more going on in these movies. Especially right. the ones we really like.
1: Yeah. Like even like this time. So I, I hadn't seen Napoleon Dynamite for years before I rewatched it for this. But even like I just feel like there's and I kind of looked at some reviews from when it came out, yeah. and, like, some reviewers talk about it as just, like, a series of pointless vignettes, basically. Sure. But, like, not really. Like, I don't know. I feel like people I've always watched it with have just seen it as, like, oh, Napoleon says some dumb things to Don in the school, and then he goes and calls Chip, Kip about his chapstick. But it's, like, actually, he's having, like, a really crappy day at school, and the way Napoleon deals with that is going to call his brother and be like, oh, will you, like, come to the school for me, you know? Yeah. But it it might come across as just, we're just going to do a series of Another gag, another gag, another thing
0: that's unrelated to anything else. Yeah, and
1: so it's, like, really sad, and you you can see those kind of connections all throughout the movie, and I think it's been misinterpreted a lot of times. Well, I would just add on
0: to that, that I, uh, um, this time watching it, again, only my second time, but this time watching it, like, you... I would agree with what you said. I don't think I ever thought the word sad. But a lot of the scenes where he like, you know, basically makes stuff up about himself, mm-hmm. generally speaking, um, really sat in for the way, you know, self-confidence issues. Yeah. And so, I don't know if you agree, but no, I do. this idea of this guy just putting on a facade because stuff kind of sucks to him in his life. And so he's just trying to compensate the best that he can. Yeah. He's trying to figure it out the best that he can. Right. And I think that's why I love the end so much this time. Was like the character was just like, I need to save my friend. And, um, and yeah. so even though he was redeemed, like you talked about, mm-hmm. not in Gentleman Broncos necessarily, but like he wins at the end. But it felt genuine. Yeah. And it felt like they earned. They felt like they earned that ending. You right. You know, of Pedro winning, spoiler alert, Pedro winning and him dancing. Yeah. And the girl kind of coming back to him and meeting him for the first time really on his own terms and playing.
1: Right. Yeah, I uh, feel like Napoleon has this as a character has this reputation of being, just like annoyed and like, like funnily annoyed with the world basically, but like he actually has a lot of heart. Like he freaking brings Deb her stuff at school the next day, yeah. she left on his porch. Like he cares enough to do that, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Um, so, Again, affection for the characters I think yeah. sets Jared Hess apart from what could be dumb comedies. Right he cares about these characters and therefore we care about these characters
1: yes and that's another thing I wanted to say is that like despite them being really absurd I think um, one of the reasons this is my number one is that the characters in Napoleon Dynamite feel very real to me they don't feel like actors doing crazy things like they feel like actual weird people that exist, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I love that about it. And then I also love the music. I, we
0: said we were going to talk oh, about Oh, yeah. It we, we mentioned it at the beginning, but didn't come back to it.
1: Yeah. Um, I freaking love um, the school dance. Like, it accomplishes this really interesting, like, happy, sad feeling for me. Like, when Trisha leaves him and he goes into the bathroom and, like, Forever Young is playing in the background. Uh-huh. And then he walks out and he, she's, like, not over there. And... Um, and Pedro and Deb show up. But that's her name, right? I'm not calling her the wrong I name. I think it's it Deb. Is Deb, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway, and he's just like alone, but like this kinda like happy, um, kinda like romantic song is playing, you know. Yeah. I love that effect and the way it feels. Yeah. And I nice. love the last song, like in the final sequence. Not um not the promise, but before that, one, it's like showing what everyone's doing, and it's like dudu, 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 dudu. oh yeah yeah yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> love that song. And I love the the score throughout the movie is like really yeah. original and good too. Yes, on like the organ stuff. And
0: I didn't even mention, and I I I don't mean to interrupt, Napoleon no, I'm Dynamite, much done. but the music in *Nacho Libre* is another reason why oh, yeah. I like it, which mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't much mention. It's I have that soundtrack, which has some score on it, uh-huh. and then has like a lot of Beck did some songs. He sings a couple songs. And some of them are silly, for sure, but they yeah. really get at the tone. And I think Napoleon Dynamite does the same thing. Like, they really get at the tone. Right. Of, and by the way, just a plug for the, the after credit scene of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Where he rides up on the horse. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if I saw that the first time. I didn't, for sure. And I laughed. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe harder than I had the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, just when he's like, I was taming this honeymoon stallion for you. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, my gosh. What a hysterical line. Because <laughs> so, he shows up late and yeah. everything. And, and uh, LaFonda's family their oh, reactions yeah. to the fact that she's marrying Kip are just, I thought were just great. Yeah. Cause they're like underplayed and overplayed at the same time. I know that doesn't make any sense, but like they could have done a lot more, a, a lot more broad, like calling attention to themselves about mm-hmm. this white dude. But instead it's more like they're quietly stewing over there and just like, they want to disown her for marrying this like <laughs> Id, idiot white kid. And I, yeah. I, I thought that scene was like pretty funny. And, and, and it's one that, you know, I hadn't hear, heard people talk about very much. And I think that's why it, it ended up sparking more mm-hmm. humor for me. Anyway, um, yeah, if you I mean, if you've seen uh, Napoleon Dynamite or you've seen Nacho Libre and you haven't seen some of the other ones, I, I would say check them out. Like, you know, even if you eventually say, like, I don't like these movies. Yeah. With, keep in mind, if you will, some of the things that we said that, you know, it's not there's more going on, I think, in Jared Hess movies than some would. Give him credit for it. Oh, yeah. It. Um, and I think that's, that's what endears them to us. And then, of course, you know, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you want to uh, tweet at Rogo Tours, comment um, after Steve Nelson did on Facebook, or of course, tweet at uh, Jake or myself at C Durham 99 or at Jacob Hampton 26. Really, really quick. We're here at the tail end, but really, really quick. A couple movies coming out. I'll throw them out to Jake. Jake can mention what he's thinking. girl? The Girl on the Train? Looks great. Yeah, and you didn't read it, right? Didn't read it, so yeah. twists I, abound yeah. <laughs> will shock me. And I I, can't re- wait. <laughs> I read it, Jake, and I talked about it. We saw the stand-up when we went to see Masterminds. And uh, I thought the end of the book was kind of, there were some B-movie twists and turns that I wasn't as excited about because it felt like the beginning of the book was better than the end. Um, And so I'm actually kind of hoping they change some of those. I'm kind of hoping because they're very Mm movie-like, but movie-like in the cliche way. Okay. Where you're like, oh, this is what's about to happen. Mm. So I hope they abandon some of that. And then Tate Taylor, I think, is the one who directed it. I hope that's right. And he directed The Help. If And if, is that right? And Get On Up, yeah. Oh, yeah, Get On Up. How was Get On Up? (laughs) No, me neither. Sorry, Tate. Uh, Anyway, but I'm interested to see. It looks very atmospheric, The Girl on the Train. Yes. Um, the accountant comes out in a couple weeks with Ben Affleck, which is intriguing to me. Yeah. Because I, when I watch the the trailer, I have no idea what the movie's really about. Like, That's
1: not the one where he has a kid, right? That's a different one.
0: No, it's one where he's like a genius who like launder's money, maybe. Okay. Um, Anna Kendrick. Oscar baiting. And some, I think. Oh, okay. I think question mark. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the very controversial Birth of a Nation comes oh, yeah. out this week, which, without going into too much detail, and I think we may have mentioned it on a previous podcast, um, maybe not. But uh, Nate Parker has had some stuff from the past that's come out, and it's affecting if people think they want to see it. Um, and and I'm only sad not because I don't think we should. I, I think sometimes we need to punish people for it, you know we need to say to them we're not going to see their stuff if this is the kind of person they're. I know that sometimes that happens, but I also know the movie was kind of an important movie. Yeah, um, it really had something to say. It, it named itself after Birth of a Nation a very racist movie from a hundred years ago or so on purpose. Right. Um, And there are a lot of other people in it who supposedly did a really good job, just like acted the heck out of it. And so I I feel some sadness at the fact that it may get short shrift because of things that legitimately are problems. I'm not at all soft peddling what's what's up with Nate Parker. And I'm not saying, who cares? We should see the movie. But I am saying that like when an important movie like that about something important and especially – at this time of race relations in the United States, um, gets made, I'm sad that there is something that will probably cause lots of people not to see it. Right. Uh, Whatever your opinion out there is. Um, And I haven't fully decided, but I I feel like I want to at least see it and judge it on the merits of its movie, trying to maybe separate it from some mistakes that the creator may have made. Yeah. Any thoughts?
1: I'll go see it yeah. I mean sorry we can write essays about why we, why we would go see it I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. But, but in, in short I'll,
0: yeah, I want to see what the movie yeah, yeah. is it so. looks very well made mm-hmm. so anyway thank you uh, please please if you have any inkling hit us up talking about Jared Hess things we got wrong or if you go see Gentleman Broncos or Don Verdeen or in the theaters go see Masterminds uh, tag us and let us know what you thought thanks a lot for listening thanks for listening peace